music is calling, don't bother it, Joel. I know exactly what goes on. Bam, 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 When everything you get is everything that you wanted. Well, which would you prefer? My finger on the trigger or. Welcome to the Dumpster Fire Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Your host, Chaz and Alonzo. That's right. Um, and take it back Sunday, apparently. Oh. If you're into that kind of, of shit. I mean, look, if you don't have a special place in your heart for some 2000s screamo. Yeah. All I got to say is, I mean, I think everybody has a special place in the heart. And if you don't get the fuck out, turn this fucking smoke, turn your <laughs> app off. Get the f- just go. Just, just go away. Just go away. Well, look. I mean, if you're listening to this, you have either a special place in your heart for either racing or tracking a car or a 90s golden era Honda or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 100 percent the best. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I feel like we all grew up in a similar environment for the most part. 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, I love Gran Turismo. Oh, my God. We're right. going there. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I still play Gran Turismo. Dude, Gran Turismo is super hot. I just wish they would bring back, like, the old stuff into the new stuff, man. Do you remember back in the day, like, all, like, Gran Turismo 2, they used to have, like, the EG Furio. Or Furio, is that how you say it? Furio? Yeah. Furio? The, right. four, the four-door EG. They had the Del Sol. Like, dude, I remember fucking going through Cuba or whatever it was with hubcaps on my sedan <laughs> that was sick dude i love it that was so sick i just one of my favorite things about grand turismo was like earning enough money to just soup up your cars yeah you know just seeing what the difference the car made with like a lightened flywheel yeah or like when you did the stage two tuning yeah or um you know you put super soft racing tires on the car and <laughs> how amazing it drove after that yeah that. Yeah, I mean, just seeing like how the car drove after the different modifications you made, like there were so many modifications available. Yeah. And it was just so much fun. And the fact that you even opened up the spectrum of you being able to like touch your alignment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was like, uh, uh, like like third grade me. That was like way over my head. <laughs> well, it was way over my head, too. I had no fucking clue what any of that shit did. Yeah. But I would play around with it and test and see if it made a difference. But I don't really know if I can I truly tell. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, uh, like a lot of us knew how to I mean, drive. I guess it handles better, you know. Um, would you put like the uh, stage three coilovers on the car? Yeah. And it would open up all those adjustments. Oh, yeah. But you would never adjust yeah, any of that. Because you went from like ride height to all of a sudden being able to adjust camber and go. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? It's like you can lower your vehicle. Right. And you were just like looking at that shit like. And then you're like reading the little description it tells you. I'm like, if you adjust this, this is what it does. Yeah. And you're like. Well, maybe if I do this, it'll make the car a little faster. And it doesn't do enough because you're fucking 12 and you expect like <laughs> night and day differences. So like, yeah. like yeah, no, that shit's trash. I don't waste my time with that. Yeah, dude. Um, Yeah. My, my, my one qualm with it is that as a kid, and this is more on myself than it was with the game, is that I treated it more like an arcade game than it was a simulator. And I wish I would have known like a little more about either the driving or just the modifying. But back then it was just like. Drive it as fast as you fucking can into <laughs> yeah. a fucking wall. Do you remember the Scudo and freaking uh? Yeah, yeah, the Scudo Pike Speak version. Yeah, oh, what was that number three? Yeah, the the Jesus red Christ. Suzuki. Yeah, man, you could tune it up to two hundred and thirty four miles an hour. Right, but I, you know, I felt like everybody had their own individual preference of like the combination <clears throat> of stuff that they would love to drive, like a track, a car. Oh yeah. What What was yours? Mine, dude. Oh my god. Um. I think one of my favorite courses. Are we going through all tracks or? 
No, I mean, just think of the game and, you know, select a car okay. and a Trial track. Mountain. Trial Mountain, okay. Regardless of what regardless of what game it was, Trial Mountain. Yeah. Um, for me, it was probably my favorite. As far as car to drive, I was always a big Skyline fan when I was a kid. Okay. So it was like getting the cream of the crop, like the 3-4, the, the to me was like, this, this is it. Yeah. This is it. This is it for me. Um, aside from that, I mean, shit, man. Um. I'm not sure if it was like a Greek course. I just remember seeing like a Colosseum in one of them. I can't hmm. point it off the top of my head. I think that there was, was a Rome road course. You know what? I think it was that. Yeah. Um, they had like a really nasty hairpin at the end of that. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. That was it. And um, so that was my favorite like starter cars. And of course, me being a Honda nut on Grand Tourism 4 is when they introduced the Spoon Factory. It's like you can buy the cars from Spoon. They did, yeah. So you'd uh, you'd have the DC2R with without a wing and a carbon hood sure, with yeah. the spoon lip on yeah, it. Dope. That was so sick. So steez. You got the EK9 with it and dude, right. th- these bitches would rev to 9. Obviously mm-hmm. like all your other like factory Honda like type Rs would only rev to like 82, 85 or whatever the hell it was they had set. I think the Spoon EK9 went to 11. You know what? I think you're fucking right because it sounded like it a fucking motorcycle. I mean, right. it went nowhere, but <laughs> it went nowhere. Let's be you honest. All right, I'll say we're we're, we're going to drill down the book a little bit. They had that Motul EA Civic. They did. That yeah, was you fucking won, sick. You won that after like one of the very basic like Clubman Cups or something. Yeah, you won that car. Like yes. every like pretty much oh everybody God, yes. got that car. Yeah, yeah. That and uh, they had a Gathers EK Civic. Maybe I'm confusing with that, but yes, you're right. It was like a. It was like an 85 through 87 yeah. that hatchback. Yeah. And yeah it was it like was. the red, white, and yellow one. Yeah. The yeah. Motul one. But uh, yeah, I do remember the Gather Civic. Okay. That one was pretty sick. It wasn't as cool as the Spoon Civic because it didn't rev well, as high. Well, of course not. But it had a sick-ass livery on it. Yeah, it did. So and that, it handled really well. Yeah. You know, two of my favorite situations, like I played a lot of GT3. Uh-huh. And in GT3, my hands-down favorite thing to do was to run time trial at Laguna Seca with an NSX. Oof, okay. So, like, I would just like to just turn laps. I don't know why. And just see if I could beat my previous time with the NSX at Laguna Seca. Yeah. And I did that for a long time. It's just fucking around. Dude, I don't, I'm not sure what it is, man. I I, I can't play, like, any other video games. I, I'm no. trash, like, Call of Duty. Like, I don't care to play it. Like, no. it's But something about, like, Gran Turismo and these racing games, it's something about, like, the repetitiveness yeah. of, like, you turning laps. Right. And that's what really captivated me. I mean, sometimes there'd be times where you're just chasing a ghost, literally chasing right? a ghost. No, yeah. And to you, you'd be like, I mean, at least to me, it would be like fucking four hours went by. And if you beat it once, you felt like you accomplished something. Yeah, you beat it once and you have a new ghost. You have a new ghost. Right. Yeah. And then in you're G- always chasing the dragon. <laughs> that's true. And GT4, I'm going to tell you what, man. One of my, I spent, I burned a lot of fucking time doing this. Uh huh. City Diarrhea. <clears throat> it was like an Italian coastal track with the powerhouse Amuse Orange S2000. Oh my god, I completely forgot that, that even existed. Dude, that was the most fun car to drive. You know, it's 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 even <laughs> still there, I think, in the GT Sport game. Is it? I think so. I'm pretty so, sure it is. Pretty sure. If I own you it. put like super soft tires on that car and did something else to it, it handled like crazy. And then going through that super tight City Diarrhea course. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going. It was a very narrow. Is this, a, this is a nighttime course, right? No, it was a daytime course. Okay, but it was mind. like it was a coastal city course. Oh, is this the one that was. You go up the uphill S's. It really wouldn't be uphill S's, but it would be like it just be these winding 
like S's, but through the cobblestone. And then you would eventually get out and it would dump you out. It's like a little two lane paved asphalt road. Yeah. And you transfer onto that and then you would haul ass and then you would come downhill. I don't know, man. It was just it had this really cool feel to it. You know, it, it, the sun was shining. It was nice blue sky. And you're out there just beating around on this fucking S2000. Yeah. And it just felt like, uh, like, I don't know, like you, you're just beating around on a nice city course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely attribute to that. I mean, have you played that course? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you're jogging back a lot of memories right now. It's a lot of video games that I haven't played yeah. in a long time. And actually, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bummed I don't have a PS2 because I would definitely love to go back and replay that. But did you ever play any other video games, like racing games other than Gran Turismo? Not really. Okay. Because I actually did like venture out a bit. And there was always this like, um, there was a, a series of games called Tokyo Extreme Racer. You know what? I did play that. Yeah. But I never really got like super into it because it didn't have the refinement of Gran Turismo. No, no. It was definitely like one of these like super, I guess at the time, now you really think about it. It's a super JDM game because <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're racing all these cars. I mean, I'm not sure which ones you played, but I remember I had Tokyo Extreme Racer Zero. I had Tokyo Extreme Racer Three and I had the Drift Series, which to me, like the Drift Series are like my favorite. I, I can't tell you which one I I had, but I know I had one of them yeah. and I put some time into it, but it, it just I don't know. The it, concept of it to me was so cool. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, it's like it took a lot of the driving out of it that you would get your satisfaction on Gran Turismo. I think that's what the, my problem was with it. But it's like, it was so cool that you got to race these JDM ass cars yeah. down the highway. And like, you literally flash your headlights to somebody to no, initiate you, the race. I, I remember that. Yeah. And dude, I remember clear as day, man. I remember anytime you switch back, like click R1 to like, look back. Like for whatever reason, like they played like a mental factor into this game where if you kept looking back, the car would come faster at you. Mm. And so that was, to me was like crazy. But um, moving a little past that, man, I mean, going, I mean, I'm, I'm only circling back on this because it reminds me a lot of what you were talking about, the S2000 on that fake Monaco course. Yeah. Where it's like very toge like, you know, on uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer Drift. I mean, the game wasn't about drifting. It was about toge. Mm-hmm. And so, like, your starter cars, one of them, at least my starter car on actually both series was a CRX. And I'm over here throwing carbon bits at it. Putting Watanabe's on it and like whatever. Yeah. Well, the game was super sick because like the entire game was just Toge stuff. But what I loved about it the most was like the like the cinematography for the cinematography for like the intros. Right. They were like unreal. Like there was like 3D animations of like, especially I remember like I think on the second one where it's like some rally course or some shit like that. And like you see this Evo popping up, it's a completely animated, you're like, whoa. That's the fucking coolest thing ever. Did you ever play with the uh, rally stuff in GT4? Yeah, I yeah. did. I remember they had the Grand Canyon. That was fucking sick. So I always liked the... Um, I don't know exactly which course it was, but it was like a course in like Southeast Asia, like the Philippines or some shit. Okay. It was like very jungle-like. Huh. Yeah, it had like a dirt road and it was like very green. Um, I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I would always take like the uh, the, the Evo Tommy Mackinac edition. Oh my like, god! Like the, with, the red, with, the, with the red jacket yeah, stripe. Yeah, 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 like the Evo Six, like yeah. rally car. I'd, I'd be tearing that shit up and and just loving it. <clears throat> yeah. But you know what, man? I uh, you're a little bit younger than me, so you probably don't remember this. But my parents, um, 
they had they like my mom would do uh do like um like remote work from home and she we always had like a kind of like a decent computer okay you know for her to do this work yeah um and i remember i would i had need for speed but like the original stuff oh shit like the pc version like need for speed one need for speed two uh-huh like back when it was just like driving exotic cars yeah, lamborghinis ferraris and but stuff like like just on like highways yeah you know like this is the very early versions oh of that God. game you're open to pandora's box right now yeah, man. yeah. no and idea like, like i remember need for speed one you know they had they had the porsche 911 turbo yes they had a ferrari testarossa they had a supra they had a mark IV supra yeah and then i think they had a ferrari f50 this is the original hopper so maybe that was like Maybe that was Need for Speed too, but I just remember there was like I remember on the back of the box they like the biggest like advertisement like cutting edge and you know that PC game like boxes were like way bigger than like console way, yeah, games yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I well that's that's what I'm getting to <laughs> like one of like the biggest like advertisements about this game is like one course it was called Hometown it was like. It's like up in like the northeast, like Vermont, like the the setting of it sure. in like the fall. And like the <laughs> coolest thing about the game was like if you hit the replay and you drove through the leaves, the leaves would kick up <laughs> in the replay. In the replay. <laughs> Dude, I'm not sure how far how far you went, man, but I definitely I had a very good friend of mine that he played a lot of older needs need for speeds. Yeah. And uh, as actually as of recent, we try to beat one. Okay, I couldn't remember what, what it was. How bad are those graphics nowadays? They're terrible. They're, they're terrible. They almost hurt my eyes. But in like 1993, that was, oh my God, the that was the cutting shit. edge. That was literally the bleeding edge. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I remember that. I just remember being like, these graphics are fucking amazing. Like, I just remember like I remember thinking the same thing about like uh, Grand Theft Auto, but their hands were like like their fingers are still stuck together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember being like, holy shit this is amazing oh dude i thought the same thing about gran turismo man yeah. you look at it and like especially in the showroom and stuff you're right. like wow like how do they, they get these polygons all right. so close? i don't know what the yeah. fuck i'm talking the about but like cars are 3d they're not 2d but dude oh my god you're jogging back so many memories right now man need for speed underground to me was like that was like i think the end of elementary school for me see you know what's fucked up is i never played need for speed underground really yeah because um, I don't know what period of time that was where like, I, I don't know why I never played it, but I guess I was just into Gran Turismo. Yeah. I mean, I won't say it was like a if or then type of situation, but like it was definitely one of those things for like my buddies and I where it's like you can throw body kits on a fucking car. That's so fucking cool. And to me, like what I thought was really cool about the game was this is late elementary school for me. And at this point, I'm I'm already getting heavy into music. Yeah. So I mean, like, what time period would this be? Probably like 2002. I, See, that's the problem. Yeah. Like, at 2002, 2003, that's when I got in a car. Yeah. And I was kind of done with video games. Yeah. And I was like actually working on my real car. Yeah. So I think 2002 or 2003, I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Or that, like yeah. That. that was graduating high school at that point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But um. Yeah. At the time, I was like super into music. But what I thought was like the coolest thing to me that resonated the most was that the very first song that you listen to when you're playing Need for Speed Underground, when you're doing the tutorial mode, I guess it was just like the first song period on like their soundtrack was Store the Years and The Hero Will Drown. Oh, no. That was shit. the track. And yeah, I was they like, were hitting it. wow. Yeah. This is so fucking sick. Yeah, Store fuck, the Years yeah. are really sick as it is. Like, yeah, right. 
And I remember like, wow, this is really fucking cool. And then I go over here and super my Civic Si. <laughs> yeah. That apparently came in Taffeta White for whatever reason. Uh, uh, yo, Taffeta White is super sick. Yeah, but it didn't come in AM1. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. It should have. They should have made a Taffeta White AM1. Yeah. They I, really should have. I will I actually I, I I will completely agree with you on that. Yeah. It's the only substitute for Champ White, which I feel like Champ White did. It's it didn't not, belong in a Civic. It doesn't, doesn't belong in a Civic. No. Well, a, maybe a Civic. EK9. Like yeah, an EK9. But no, yeah. like a Civic SI, Taffeta White. Taffeta White. They should have made one. Because Taffeta White was available on... Yes, that's As much as I like Supersonic Blue Pearl, I kind of feel like I would have given up Supersonic Blue Pearl to have Taffeta White... Supersonic Blue Pearl is just an odd color. Yeah. Like, it only came on the EM1. The CRV and the Prelude, <laughs> right. like yeah, I, like it should have. It should have been on. Like you should have swapped out. Like it should have been Taffeta White, Milana Red, and then like what Flamenco Black Pearl. Yeah, yeah, those are the, should have been the three. I hear a doorknob, man. I feel like that's a pizza. Holy's. But yeah, dude. I mean, one hundred percent on the um, the Taffeta White. Yeah, I love taffeta white. I mean, dude, let's be honest. Like, it's a clean white. You get a taffeta white slammed on some Evo, some Desmonds. Some oh yeah, white Desmonds. some Regas. Yeah, with like some red lug nuts. Yeah. Oof. Oh my god! Now you're getting the street boy in me, yeah, 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 the street yeah. hot boy in me coming out, right? Man. And then like just throw an SI lip on that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like an EX taffeta it white. It has to be EX because it has to have the moldings painted it, as well. Everything has to be painted. Like the, 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 the mirrors as well. The mirrors. The I'd probably put CTR mirrors on it though. The, oh, the folding jams. Thousand percent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or some painted spoons. <sighs> yeah. And then, you know, you got to have the license plate trim painted. Like the whole thing's got to be painted. It, it has to be EX'd out. Yeah, yeah. It has to be <laughs> EX'd out. And then, you know, um, definitely like B16B under the hood. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And just, dude. And it would need to have the CTR headlights. I'm sorry. I need to have the CTR headlights. You need to have the CTR headlights. Yeah. The CTR, the SIR. I can't do the American amber jams on the side. Okay. Yeah. If I can get the chrome housings or if I can get like the gunmetal housing, I'd be 100% down with it. But yeah, I mean, half the white. Yeah. That would have been dope on well, the SIR. Well, so, okay. All bullshit aside, you'll have one golden era street vehicle. What is it? What do you have done to it? I only get one. As of right now, you get one. I mean, you're you're a poor 22 year old and you get one, but you get to have that that dream street car. What is it? It's going to be a 98 champ white ITR. 98 champ white ITR. Yeah, for sure. Okay. How about you? Uh, It wouldn't be imported, but here's what I would have. I would have a 96, 98 frost white. EK sedan, bumper moldings, front back. All right, hear me out. SIR front lip, SIR headlights. I'm going to have a B16A in it. I'm going to have the freaking Spoon SW388s on it. And I'm going to have the VTIRS interior in it. You know, like the blue with the confetti jams in it. And like the back seat that has like the fold down like cup jams. And so the gather you, speakers. So you've thought about this. I've thought about this very hard. <laughs> you've got a very specific build and it's unique. Yeah. It's not extreme. It's not extreme. It's it's 100% for the most part OEM. And I'm just a big pre-facelift EK fan. Oh, super. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can tell by the race no, car. I mean, honestly, my second guess would have been, I mean, I love a coupe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we're going to go for just, like, if you want to talk about an imported car, 
Yeah. I mean, I'll take an e- a 96 and 98 EK9 black. Oh, yeah. I do. I mean, as soon as that shit comes straight and I have enough side money or something that I don't care about buying a car with, I'm buying a fucking EK9 off the importer. Yeah. When, once they become available. I just hope they're, I hope they are available. I really hope so too, man. There's a, a lot of them. The there's f- a lot of talking. Sh- Talk on the street going on right now about supply and demand. It's scaring the living shit out of me. Well, that is, I mean, a lot of them have just been cut in half. Yeah. You know what oh I mean? Oh my I, God. I remember on Tahana Day like five years ago, man. And they had a, they had some import like Del Sol cut down the middle. It broke my heart. Had the glass top, retractable glass top or something like that. Had everything you would want. Rare. On the cards up for display. Giant cut down the middle. It hurt me, man. Oof. Almost cried. I bet. I mean, that that's that's tough, man. I mean, think about how many of those Hondas, those golden eras, were cut in half to just be thrown around to import. You know, how many, how many you know how many EK9s I've seen cut like right down the middle of where the driver's seat Don't would be? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. You know what I mean? It's it's tough. <sighs> it's tough, Show man. Here, man. I just want one. Like, dude, I just want one black EK, like 97, 98 EK9. Oh, my God. Flamingo Black Pearl EK9. Yeah. I just want one. Yeah. I want it all polished up. Just one. Would you do gunmetal or champ white wheels? I would do SW388s. Oh, okay. Okay. So not OEM. Okay. (laughs) No. Hell yeah. I would would do SW388s. I put a spoon duckbill on it and leave the rest alone. And then I straight pipe the fuck out of it. I have to have a spoon muffler. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I have one sitting in my shed, and I swear to God, until I get another EK hatch, I get it. I'll. I'll I would. I would probably just do what's on my race car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like like the stainless two and a half to three inch. You and know, then, what's funny about this whole conversation right now to me <laughs> is that like we have race cars yeah. that have gone past the threshold of just typical things that we would dream about when we were kids. Oh, but yet we're over here just like, you know what? You know what I do? I would want these fucking right. I want these real rotas yeah. <laughs> on my fucking car. And I want this OEM paint job. Yeah. I literally have fucking SSRs on my race car. We got JDM. Basically, I have an ITR in that fucking truck. I have OEM ITR fucking or CTR headlights on my car with an OEM CTR fucking grill. I need to get rid of that shit. Right. But I can't, man. Let, hear me out. I have Penske three ways on the car that's in that trailer right now. I just want spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I, care how, how subpar it is. I just want spoon. You know what I want? I <laughs> I want this EK9, but I want spoon calipers on it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I want spoon calipers too. Yeah. I have spoon calipers. I, I know you do. They're sitting in a box in my garage. <laughs> You'd be a lot tighter, but not tighter at the same time. AP racing brakes. But fuck it. I want spoons on it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I literally have um, the most bleeding edge AP racing, te- you know the technically bleeding edge AP racing calipers you can get now on my on my EK nine now no no no, no, no. spoon calipers no, give me the fucking workload notes man right. yeah <laughs> what's it what, what I got in the trailer fuck that I my EK nine yeah in due time man one day one day one, one day. day you know the, I think that the US champ white ninety eight ITR is a little bit out of reach uh, at this I think, point I, th- I think even if I had the cash. 
I have a real fucking hard time paying $65,000 for a fucking Integra. Yeah, and it's sad because, I mean, if this had been five years ago, you know, I feel like we would have been able to pick up an ITR off the street. It would have been like, eh, with our money. Well, let, let me tell you a little story. So when I was looking for the chassis to build my race car. Yeah. Locally, um, I found a black ITR, 2000 ITR. Mm-hmm. Had TE37s on it. Um, had, you know, some coilovers. Right. Some bolt-ons. <clears throat> uh-huh. Had like 135,000 miles on it. Yeah. Pretty mint car. Yeah. Guy wanted like 9,800 for it. And at the time, we were just like, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, that's, that's too much for a race car. What I should have fucking done is bought it and just reverted it and just <laughs> parked it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and dude. This is the same conversation I had with somebody else, man. It's like a lot of people don't know about this, but like my very first track car was an EK hatch and I got rewrited by a drunk driver on the way to school. Yeah. That's a story for another time. Right. But anyways, a lawsuit came out of that and I won some money. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an ITR because I can. And then the sound side of me was like, you know what? You should buy this other car over here. Fix up your other car that you have over here and then pay off your credit cards. Yeah. And dude, I remember I was browsing. I was like, my my threshold for how much I'm going to pay is anywhere between seven to 14K, which seemed a lot at the time for me, which is like would have bought you an ITR all day long. Yeah, it would have bought me an ITR. I, I could have had one in my hands. And now I'm kicking myself in the fucking head because I saw plenty of them already at the time. And I was just like, well, fuck. You know, you know, you know, it always like, all right. So I had five different chances, like easy chances, like chances that are brought like to my lap to buy an ITR. I had a yellow one, like four different black ones. Yeah. And then a champ white one. Yeah. And I always turned them down. You know why? Why? Because I knew if I bought it, it would get stolen. That's very valid reason. I never had anywhere like super safe to keep it. Yeah, it was always going to be outside in a driveway on the street. And I was like, if I buy this car, it's going to get fucking stolen. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a target. And that's why I never bought one, because I was like, I'm gonna buy this. I'm going to take it home and a yeah. month later, it's going to be stolen. So that's why I never bought one. If I would have had a garage or somewhere I was confident to keep it, mm-hmm. I would have bought one. But I never had that confidence. I had so many friends that got their cars stolen. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's having an ITR at that time. I mean, you still see ITRs pop up now with like rebuilt titles. Dude, they were stolen left and fucking right. Especially if you had a fucking yellow one. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yellow ones were the ones like the yellow and the white ones. The black ones kind of like if you took the wing off of it and you took the lip off of it. You know, if you weren't paying attention to the wheels, you could confuse it for a GSR. Yeah. But you're not confusing those yellow ones. No. Those yellow ones were like, that's an ITR. Especially you look on the roof, there's no sunroof. That's an ITR all day long. For sure, man. And I mean, think about it. The whole interior, the five lug conversion, the motor. All that shit. special car, man. Yeah, all that shit was like super easy to sell Mm -hmm. on the black market. You know what I mean? The cluster. Um, so yeah, that's why I never bought one. I was always afraid it was going to get stolen. Yeah. Um, and then I never thought 
spending the money on a GSR was worth it. Because it's like, I should buy it now, let's put a GSR in it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was always faster to stock GSR. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just, all this sucks now. Because as everybody can, has, I mean, if you've heard the last episode, my motor is no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's one of these things where I'm shopping around for things to either rebuild or buy. And I'm not going to go into any details as far as what the importers are doing right now. But Dude. all I can say is that the prices are so outrageous. I'm just going to say <clears throat> I got ultra lucky and I bought in. Yeah. Literally at the last minute for my type R. Yeah. I paid 3K for that. Yeah. And, and you, you got some dudes on the internet over here advertising right. their shit for 8K. Yeah. And I, I could pull that motor out right now and sell for 8K. Yeah. And Fuck, that- I could get. There's a motor on a dolly in my garage right now. I can get 4K for it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're gonna go to detail on that, but I mean it's nah, that's whatever. It, it's terrible because like you know, five years ago, go find a GSR block, GSR head, B16 block, B16 head. 1600 bucks all day long. Sure. Go, G, go. A GSR as far back as I can remember, a GSR long block is worth between fifteen and eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah. And a B sixteen is worth between eleven and fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and now we've gotten to a point where it's like you can't even find them, right? And Type R's were God, always don't even get started with Type R's and fucking Type R's. Type R long block was always worth between twenty five and three grand. Yeah, it was that was the way it went as far back as I can remember. Yep. I mean, even when I was like into this shit back in like oh two oh three, you wanted a Type R swap, like a whole swap forty two fifty. Yeah. No, that's 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 about right. Yeah, four grand, four grand. Yeah, you want the whole swap, four grand. You wanted a whole B sixteen swap, a B sixteen swap, nineteen hundred, like yeah. transmission axles, the whole nine yards at the importer. Yeah, you wanted a whole GSR swap, twenty six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it was. I mean, it, those prices stayed for probably about almost twenty, you know, fifteen to twenty years. Yeah, they were pretty rock solid. Yeah, I think the GSRs, I think the worst I'd ever seen in GSR is like 3250. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which in hindsight really isn't that bad compared to what we're No, like you're talking like an OBD2 GSR, super fucking clean. Yeah. With an LSD transmission and like ultra clean shit. And everything that came with it. Yeah. I was saying you're getting the whole nine yards. Yeah. Axles, linkage, shift linkage, distributor, whole, everything. Yeah. You're getting a complete swap. And you're not only getting a complete swap, you're getting an ultra clean swap. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Something low mileage, very clean, no rust. Yeah. You know, top notch. And it, it, dude, like, uh, like I, I, I don't want to go back to it, man, but it just sucks. You scour a marketplace. Obviously, Craigslist is no longer existent, pretty much. And you can't find any complete motors anywhere. So now you're fishing around for blocks. You're fishing around for heads or whatever is available. And the whole situation just sucks now. I mean, it's... It, it, I won't say it sucks. It's just that it, it was expected how the B series parts are just getting depleted. And we're where gonna, do they all go, though? You say they get depleted. Well, I mean, they had to have gone somewhere. Yeah. People are blowing them up. Either hoarding them, which is probably like maybe a solid like 10 percent of people. Where did all this shit go? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember Dude, like all I can imagine is a bunch of dumb kids blew them up. Or they ended up getting like in cars that got crushed 
or stolen or something. I don't know. Like, I don't have an answer for that because you would imagine that metal as a mass has to end up somewhere at some place or another. I just I don't know. I, it's weird. It's like, all right, I was into cars and I had like three B16s in my garage and now I'm not into cars anymore. Well, where did those three B16s go? Yeah, there's people hoarding them. You they, think they think they're hoarding them? I don't think they're hoarding them intentionally, but I feel like at some point or another, they're probably just like, oh, I have this in my shed. It's not really bothering me on my day to day basis. Therefore, I'm forgetting about it. I mean, I used to hoard cylinder heads. I used to have I, some, I used to have some weird thing with cylinder heads. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I literally I think at my worst, I had like eight cylinder heads. Damn. Like eight B sixteen heads. That's a lot like, of head. I, yeah, I love head. <laughs> I, I don't know why it was this thing. Like I, I just had it in my mind that like I needed to collect cylinder heads. Yeah. Like bottom ends weren't a, weren't a big deal. That's not. <laughs> just keep collecting heads. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a big deal. Like uh, you know, if you I got blow, a for sale, just fucking pop the head off, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want the bottom end. It's good. I just want the cylinder head. I don't know why. And then, um. And then I sold a lot. I sold a lot of them. And now I, I literally sold. And like, I'm down to one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I sold all that shit. But where did all that shit go? Yeah. Who, who, who Like, who, who bought that? Who's pawning? Like, who's getting pawned these parts? Right. <laughs> and where are they going? They had to go somewhere. Like, where do these parts go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so the prices are all jacked. They're all fucking out of control. Well, there's some fucking kingpin somewhere hoarding like a hundred fucking blocks and a hundred fucking heads. I, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I mean, like maybe we gotta go find this guy, man. Animal chin, dude. We gotta find these Honda people. We gotta find this animal chin, dude. We gotta find these people. I mean, I'm putting notice out right now on this podcast. We hear you. We know who you are. Sell us the parts. Sell us the parts. <laughs> Please sell us the parts. I. Where's all the GSRs? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I can't imagine that all the all the fucking drag racers just ate them all. Well, so, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, hold on a minute. So, I think we're on to something here. Yeah, so, now, you want to talk fuck. about blowing shit up. Yeah. You know, drag racers blow shit up. Yeah. That's where all the GSRs went. Yeah. Yeah, you just answered that. <laughs> GS, dude, Dragos just love GSRs. Yeah. They do. <laughs> but what about the B-16s, man? Well, the B-16s. Yeah, where did all the B-16s and where did all the Type R's go? Because drag racers do not like Type R's. No. No. You ever heard of a drag racer fucking around with a Type R? Mm-mm. No, fuck that. They're like, no, I'll just take a GSR, put pistons and rods in it, and throw a fucking... 80 trim turbo on it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's what they did. Speaking of drag racing, you know, it's pretty tight. What? Sport front wheel drive. I don't know anything about drag racing, so you're going to have to learn me on this real quick. I mean, I don't really know. Like, I'm not in on drag racing, mm-hmm. but I know that sport front wheel drive really pushed import drag racing forward a lot. Okay. So, so learn me and learn the masses a little bit more on this. So, sport four-wheel drive. So, for the longest time, import drag racing was just unlimited. Mm-hmm. It was just 
run whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Sport Formula Drive put a lot of rules on it. I, I don't know enough about it, but I know that they limited turbo size. They limited like overall tire size. They put some they put some like decent rules into effect. So if you limit the the overall tire diameter and the width and then you put a weight limit on things or like a minimum weight. Yeah. And then you put a limit on, you know, turbo size, like compressor and turbine size. You're going to limit what people can do. You know, the next thing you know. Look, now, everybody out there that's listening that is into sport formula drive or import drag racing is probably cussing me right now. They're like, oh, you don't know. And honestly, if you guys are even listening to this and you're into that kind of realm, we would more than love to have you. I would love to talk to somebody. Sit down with us and just learn us all the ins and outs about everything there is to know. Like somebody that's in. You don't have to give up secrets or anything. Just hang out with us. Come talk to me about sport formula drive because. From what I understand, Sport Front Wheel Drive, that class pushed turbo technology. And so, from what I understand, like Sport Front Wheel Drive really pushed turbo technology and just overall engine technology with the, the whole drag racing, um, that whole part of things with the import world. Yeah. To a whole nother level. You know, I'm sure your buddy Herbert would probably have a lot of insight on this. Hashtag Tony Tune. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he would know a lot about this because, um, like, I, like, I'm running like 80 pounds of boost on GSRs. Jesus Christ. I mean, think about that. Like, that's diesel, <clears throat> right? Pressure. I, I don't know. I mean, eighty pounds of fucking boost on a one point eight liter. Well, if anybody's listening to this, and you're and you're very knowledgeable in this, we would love to have a sit down with you. Yeah, I mean, have a beer about it. Please contact us. I mean, any of you guys that run an MIR, you know that World Cup final stuff. If you're running down there. We're nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us 100%. Up. We'll travel. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. I would love to talk to somebody. I mean, dude, that stuff is fascinating. You know, those guys, they're doing the polar opposite of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're trying to extract every fucking ounce of handling out of a fucking Toyo RR. Yeah. You know, but I feel like at some point or another, our points do cross. They do. I mean, well, to a certain extent. To a certain extent, even if it's the most minimal extent, our points do cross. And I feel it's information that we should all share, you know, within branching communities. I agree. I'd love to talk to somebody in the SFWD community. Um, I want to talk to somebody that's into it. Yeah. You know, that, that 100% is, into it. Right. Like somebody that's really running it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you've got some... 300 horsepower bullshit car. Don't bother. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. How about Daytona for nationals? Oof, man. I'll tell you what, man. It has to happen. 
I need to make that happen, dude. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are tripping over about what their trans combos are going to be, but one way or another, this is at least for me on, on on a on a personal on a personal level, this is my number one destination track. I've been watching the twenty four since I was fuck. I don't even know how old I was going to bed as a kid just so I can wake up at like one, two in the fucking morning just so I can watch the Rolex. Or I guess at the time, I don't even know if it was Rolex. It's always been the Rolex. Has it? Well, no, you know what? Actually, I don't think it, I don't correct think it, me on that. I don't think so. I'm not no. sure how far back it was, but I remember watching this race even as a kid. And it's always been, like, obviously, I don't get to have a night stint. But if I can drive my car around the banking of it, I know you've already experienced this. But if I can drive the road course to me, cool. That's the pinnacle of what I want to do as far as motorsports go. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that driving Daytona was above and beyond anything I've ever done. Right. I mean, it it was the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Coda was amazing. Coda was special. But Coda was not Daytona. Uh uh-uh. I like look. So what what do you, let me ask you this? I mean, what do you find about Daytona that's that much better than Coda? <sighs> that's a great question. What are your key reasonings behind that? That's a great question. You know, you know what's the difference is the technicality of Coda was great. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a lot of very technical where it takes some fucking talent yeah. to drive Coda. But with Daytona, you know, you don't, you know, here's the problem. With any of our road course racing, you don't get to experience ultra high speed. But with Daytona, you get a lot of high speed stuff. So coming down that front straight, coming out of turn four, and you're blasting down that section between turn four and the tri-oval, you know, we don't get to experience a lot of that on a road course. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you going <laughs> to that kind of speed for that excessive amount of time? You know, you're able to just go to the end of VIR back straight. You maybe experience that speed for five seconds, slam the brakes. It's over with, but at Daytona, you come out of turn four, man. You're coming down that trial turn four straight, and you're just you're hauling the fucking mail. And you get next to a car. The arrow matters. Yeah, I mean a car passes you, or you get next to a car, or even a wind gust, it disturbs the car. I mean, in a serious way. Um And that's the kind of stuff that you don't get, you don't get at at a road course, like a standard road course, like a VIR, like a Coda. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a Summit. You, you just don't, you don't get that extended period of time at high speed. And that's what I think at Daytona is is pretty unique. And then on top of that, is going through the oval stuff. I mean, dude, you go through the oval. Oval turn one, turn two, turn three, turn four. They're all the fucking... Well, turn four is a little bit different, but 
at our speed, they're all the same. But the asphalt fills up your entire windshield. And then like the top corner of the windshield just is like earth rotating. Like the clouds are just fucking spinning in your windshield. It's it's the wildest shit you'll ever see. Dude, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. It's the wildest shit you'll ever see. I'm telling you. It's extremely unique. Well, here's cheers to Daytona this year. Cheers to Daytona. Can't wait. What the fuck are you drinking? Rum punch. Okay. Looks From St. Lucia. From St. Lucia. What'd so, you make it out of? What, what 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 are the ingredients, man? So I, I'll, I'll you're drinking a Corona, trying to trying to figure out how you're drinking this thing out of a, a yeah, pitcher. Yeah. So no, no, I mean I'll I'll throw it down. So long time ago, I took a trip to St. Lucia, and I drank this what I'm drinking now for fuck eight days straight. I mean, I spent I spent eight days. I spent seven nights, eight days there. Mm-hmm. And I drank this rum punch the entire fucking time I was there. And the most wonderful thing about this shit is you like will hold. It will never get you like drunk. But what it'll do is it'll get you in a perpetual hard buzz, <laughs> like exactly where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like where it, you want to be. That's where you, all right, it's just like taking back Sunday. <laughs> It'll get you exactly where you want to be, but it'll never get you fucking hammered. Right. Never once in that entire trip was I like out of control. So it's three cups pineapple juice, three cups orange juice, three cups your favorite unspiced rum. Okay. The best rum to use is Appleton's. That's what they use down there. And then you just top it off with like five or six shots of bitters. Mm-hmm. Grenadine. You need you need enough grenadine to turn the color from like a like a yellow to basically like an orangish, like a melon. Yeah, it's yeah, like a melon color, like a dark orange. Yeah, right. And then you dump about a half a cup of simple syrup in it. Okay. And then you've got it. It's done. And like I said, man, I mean, I could stay up till fucking three o'clock in the morning drinking this shit. I really could. Yeah. And you're golden. And I'll go to sleep tonight and I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I'll be like, where the fuck is my mimosa? (laughs) (laughs) No hangover. No hangover. I never once experienced a hangover. I mean, like I said, I spent eight days, seven nights and I was on this all day, every Jesus day. Jesus fucking Christ. All day, every day. And I never had a hangover once. I never felt like shit once. Never once. I, I spent eight days of getting fucking annihilated. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking No, no, nuts. no, not annihilated. No, no, no. I wasn't annihilated. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just said you were make, maintaining. Yeah, just maintaining. Like, yeah. a gr- like the perfect buzz. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? That's cool, man. I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a taste of that earlier. It was pretty... Pretty darn sweet on my taste buds. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to back off a little bit. Okay. But you know how that should go. Yeah. Well. But not to drag away from the drinking subject of it. 
a lot of people here may or may not know I'm a pretty much uh, a closet NASCAR fan. And one thing that I am super excited about is the Bristol race coming up this week, dude. So we've got the dirt race coming up tomorrow. Yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> what, 50 years? I mean, have they ever, has NASCAR ever sanctioned a dirt race? Like NASCAR Cup? NASCAR Cup, no. No. So this will be the first ever NASCAR Cup dirt race. Yeah. That's pretty tight. It's, it's insane, man. Um, I mean, there's so many things to learn about. It. I mean, freaking, they've been trying so hard to get this to work. NASCAR as a whole. I mean, it's pretty awesome the way they're making it work. Um, I don't have a fact sheet in front of me or anything, but like the thing that I'm like kind of wowed about is how much effort just legit went into it. I mean, what was it? I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was about 2,300 truckloads of dirt. Some of it was pulled from its own campgrounds. And so I mean, where are they getting this dirt from? Well, the dirt, some of the dirt is actually from the campgrounds at Bristol. The so campgrounds. Yeah. So the, they just like kind of like, quote unquote, dredge the campgrounds. Yeah. So it, essentially what they're having is. um, You know what? Let me so, ask you something. It, go ahead. Let me ask you something personal. Sure. Go for really it. Really personal. Really personal. Go for it. How do you feel about taco pizza? <laughs> also, let's go back to the fucking Bristol race. I have so much to say about taco pizza. <laughs> but um, the, the Bristol race, man. Yeah, the Bristol race. I mean, so they dredged. They went out and actually like fucking dredged the parking lots. No, they didn't dredge the parking lots. Well, it sounds like that's what you're telling me. If they like they, 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 they use dirt from the campgrounds, period. But here, here's what it says. So you have to from an inch and a half to about two inches of sawdust. They got layered onto the actual hard surface. Sawdust? Sawdust. I mean, where the fuck did they get that from? Like sawmills? Yeah. I mean, apparently it's a mixture of like I mean, these hardwood, like oak and poplar. Jesus. And then they have that and they have. From the dirt events they had at Bristol. They have a stockpile of it. They lay that on top of that. Okay. Okay. Right. So so the base layer is sawdust. The base layer is sawdust. That's wild. And they have on top of that a layer of dirt from the Bristol uh, past Bristol dirt events. Apparently from what I've seen here in the charts from the 2000-2001, dude. So this is old ass dirt. Fuck, were they keeping this dirt? I'm really curious. Like, you just could dig up some 20 year old dirt. Yeah. So, hold after, on a minute. That's kind of wild. So, you're, 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 so, we're thinking about a one and a half inch to about two inch of sawdust. So, you're about talking about uh, about the equivalent of that in the Bristol dirt stockpile that they're throwing on top of that. All right. All right. So, they got, so hold on a minute. So, time out. So, you've got pavement. Yeah. You pavement. Got, you have pavement. Uh-huh. And then you went through a inch, inch and a half layer of sawdust on top of that. Correct. Think about how much fucking sawdust is required to do that. It's a lot of trees, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of trees. That's a lot of fucking trees. Right. Yeah, you have about an equal layer of that Bristol Motor Speedway dirt from a stockpile from back early in the 2000s. All right. 
So it's about the same layer. And here's where it gets uh, a little weird. So from the campgrounds, the gentry campgrounds, I guess they have about three times the amount of dirt on that. On the campgrounds. From the campgrounds on the track now. So they they removed a ton of fucking dirt from the campground and moved it onto the Yeah. So you have about the initial four layers of the sawdust combined with like the dirt stockpile. And <laughs> if that's four inches, you talking about like probably I can't make any sense. Eight inches of of the campground dirt that they had on Earth. Well, so, all right, so they lay all this shit on top of the surface yeah. of the pavement. Mm-hmm. Do they come by with, like, steamrollers? I can only imagine they do. There's something that has to pat it down with. Yeah, you, to have, you have to tamp it down. What? Well, we're not even done there, dude. So it's like you got the sawdust. You got about an equal layer of the stockpile dirt. And then you have double the amount of layer of the, of, of the sawdust and stockpile dirt of just the dirt that came from the gentry camping ground. And then you have about an equal amount of the same amount of layer that came from that last layer to lime treated clay. Where did they get the lime treated clay from? That's a question that I don't know. I can't answer it. Yeah. I'd like to know where they get the lime treated clay. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the lime treated clay. I mean, it's Carolina. So they're probably getting it from somewhere nearby. Yeah. And then the race layer itself is Tennessee clay. Red Tennessee clay. Red Tennessee clay. Yeah. But, but yeah, dude, I mean, I feel this is such, I don't say crazy, such a historical race that we're going to have. Absolutely. I mean, it's been over 50 fucking years since NASCAR, NASCAR sanctioned a cup race on dirt. I won't say a cup race. A NASCAR sanctioned race has been held on dirt surfaces. Well, has any of the local stuff, you know, your local. Like, what's all that shit we saw at Lincoln Speedway? Is that NASCAR sanctioned? No, it's not NASCAR. That's not NASCAR. That's World of Outlaws. That's World of Outlaws. That's not NASCAR. No, it's not NASCAR. Okay, so a NASCAR sanctioned dirt race has been 50 years. It's been 50 years. (laughs) Half century. That's wild, man. Yeah, we're about to witness that tomorrow. We're going to witness that tomorrow. And honestly. It's such a different approach for these drivers. I mean, it's not. I mean, you can't just test for the asphalt. Obviously, like there's going to be different traction surfaces and all that stuff that you can like, or traction stuff that they traction adhesives and stuff that they throw on the track that you can kind of account for from time to time. But the fact that you have these, I don't know how to explain it. It's well, just, I, it's just a dirt surface, and you can tell that the drivers have to change the way that they drive around the track, maneuver around the track. We saw that practice run, and you saw that a lot of the cars had to navigate through the cars through the course sideways. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to all boil down to what you're going to get is just a lot of no, well, no, a lot of base (laughs) talent. Like who came from dirt? Like who started on dirt? Who started on asphalt and has never ran on asphalt? Yeah, or never ran off asphalt. So like your guys that came up on dirt and then moved to asphalt, you know who's going to kill it? Who? Kyle Larson. Yeah, but you know he's finished. He's starting from the back, right? Why? Uh, they had to change an engine out. Yeah. His engine uh started overheating and uh, unfortunately it damaged the engine. That sounds peculiar. 
it does sound peculiar. But at the same time, I would love to see him run through the field from the I back. I would love to see it too. Because that dude is a dirt track. He's guy. a monster on dirt. Yeah. I mean, he just we watched it, you and I together. Yeah, we watched it. And he you he, and I, he, he put on a clinic. <laughs> a he clinic to see the least. <laughs> he put on a fucking clinic. <laughs> that was basically like, I've got a master's degree in this shit, and you guys don't know anything you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a bananas. And you're talking about a guy that ran an entire season. Not like we we run. I'm talking about like every weekend ran on dirt. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. You know, he went from running NASCAR Cup Series asphalt to then switching to a World of Outlaws sprint car. Yeah. Where he came from. On dirt. Yeah. And then went out there and just whooped everybody's ass. Well, if, if you want to hear some facts right now, as far as the cup practice goes. Around Bristol, if you just want to hear me out for a sec. Sure. So the fastest in the cup practice, do you have any guess on who it might be? I don't know enough background about these drivers. Well, me. I don't know enough background about these drivers on dirt. So, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I feel right, like a yeah, lot yeah. of these guess. <laughs> yeah. But Alex Bowden was actually the fastest around in practice at a 20.155. No five. shit. Um, 83 mile an hour average. Okay. And then, What's the top five? Just read off the top all five. Right. Top five would be Bowman, Christopher Bell. Okay. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. Danny Hamlin. Okay. And you can guess who number five is. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. That's an odd top five. Yeah. Actually, uh, fifth on the speed chart was actually Chase Elliott. But as much as I hate Chase Elliott, he is a solid ass driver, whichever which way you put it. I don't hate Chase Elliott. Look, I'm gonna be. Yeah, hate, hate, hate isn't a good word. Hate for me. is a good I, word. I, I shouldn't have said hate, but I'm just not. Like, he's not all. I'm not all about him. I'm not a Hendrick guy. I'm, I'm not, not a Hendrick I'm not, guy. He, I think he's a very vanilla uh, personality. Yeah, on I TV. agree with that. Yep. And he doesn't really have a lot behind him other than he, the fact that he's is an incredible driver. Sure, he does well literally on the road course. Apparently on the dirt course, yeah. and he does well on the super speedways. He can go fuck himself on a mile and a half because he gets rolled. Yeah. Well, anyway. One way or another, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know what? There's only one person I don't like in NASCAR. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, everybody else. Uh, JL. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, I hate that fuck. Do you hate that he just has your number? I mean, it definitely burns a fire inside (laughs) of me. Like, I throw shit at the TNA. Yeah, no, it, it really hurts me. Like, why do I have to hate the person that has my races, my number in, in professional racing? Like, why do I have to hate that guy the most? Yeah. You know, but he's he's a roach. I hate him. Yeah. He's a roach, dude. Yeah. He's I mean, a- I can't deny the fact that at this point he is a good driver, but I just hate the fact that I have to even give him credit for it because he's a fucking dick bag. Do you know how much it hurts me? Like hurts me like down deep. How bad to say that he probably does the best burnout. <laughs> you know who does the worst burnout? Yeah. Who? Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon or Ty Gibbs? Ty Gibbs. That, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Ty Gibbs. Ty oh Gibbs. my god, the dude yeah. stole the car out. Oh, that's bad. That, that was, was hard to watch. That man. was hard to watch. I'm a JGR fan through yeah, and through, man. And that's I, what I meant. I Ty pull, Gibbs. I was pulling for him hard, yeah, man. I was, but, but I'm like, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. Just rip it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, just no. dump the fucking clutch, just man. Just dump it, dude. Perfever. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah, no, I meant Ty Gibbs, yeah, not Ty Dillon. Yeah. That's wild shit, man. Uh, NASCAR's great. Um, I love NASCAR. I mean, a lot of people will probably shit on me for saying this, but I like, I like it way more over F1 for the fact that it's not necessarily an engineer's game. It's a, more so of a driver's game. Well, I feel like... F1 has even gotten into like politics. I don't follow it enough to even know where to even go with that. Yeah. I mean, F1 is just trash, dude. It, it literally is just garbage. Um, it's not worth watching anymore. Uh, NASCAR is fantastic. I mean, dude, have you seen better racing than on these NASCAR road courses? No, actually, I can't say I have. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's tight. It's all it's, close. It's like they're all fucking crashing into each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also, <laughs> they're it, all it, taking each other out. A lot of people will shit on that. Be like, oh, my God, that's good. They're, they're driving into each other. But like, how close is the racing where they have to crash into each other? But how difficult are the cars that they're crashing? into? Exactly. Each other? Like, how difficult is that car to drive? You're talking about a fucking. I don't know how ex- how much exactly they weigh, but I'm pretty sure they weigh thirty six hundred pounds. Yeah. I think they, they're that's, shy under four thousand. Yeah. I think that's their weight. You're talking about a car, no arrow, no, AB, uh, no ABS, 900 to the rear on a four-speed transmission. Mm-hmm. And then a solid rear end, solid That's a monster drive. Dude, that's a lot of fucking car hey, to drive. put that bitch on the road course, man, where you actually have to shift the gears and shift right. the weight on the car. And drive it. Yeah. Well, not, even, not only that, man. It's like you, you got to think about, like, even on, like, I won't even say super speedways, but just think about it around any kind of oval contract Mm -hmm. it's like not only are you playing the game of trying to keep the power up and learn how to drive through each turn because that's complicated enough as it is man you can tell even by practice when they have like the you know all 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 the all the data as far as when when they're like how hard how heavy are they in their throttle where's their rpm this and that you can tell the difference between a lot of the cars but another thing is that like you're playing an aero game when you're driving next to other people well that's the thing and I and you that, know what I got a way newfound respect for NASCAR, just even driving Daytona. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like being around. Look, I'm an amateur club racing driver. Yeah, coming around turn four down the front straight, driving at the speed, the top speed of my, you know, like upwards of the top speed of the cars we drive. Yeah, and then being around other cars. And the way the aerodynamics, yeah, play into into effect, and I am nowhere near doing like three wide, three deep. Yeah, that's scary as shit, man. And doing two hundred fucking and, miles an hour. And you'll watch, man, on these on some of these NASCAR races, man. It's like somebody will come right behind your tail, man. <laughs> swipe in from the other side. Don't even touch your rear bumper. What they're doing is they're touching the fucking rear air off your fucking rear end. Yeah. What's that do? It spins your fucking car out. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a, a crazy game to play. It's crazy when it's 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 so fast that a side draft is so impactful. Well, they're, I agree. They're, they're playing the game where they're sucking you in and slowing you down just because they're driving next to you. Right. And, and how that's, insane is that? And that's the chess game you're playing at 200 miles an hour. Exactly. You know, and so that's, they, can, they can talk all the shit they want about them going around in circles for yada yada amount of time. But it's like the truth is 
that's a hardcore game to play. Well, it's and a that's a dangerous why, game to play. That's why some guys are really, really good at super speed racing, mm-hmm. and some guys aren't. You're right. Denny Hamlin, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those two are probably some of the best super speedway racers out there. 100%. They're a couple of the most winningest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dale Earnhardt Jr. won quite a few super speedway races. He was very good at it. Yeah. I'm sure he's got, if you count up his top fives at super speedways, you know, they're, they're significantly higher than the rest of his. Um, you know, his resume. Yeah, like yeah. compared to his mile and a half and all the other shit. There are guys that are excellent at super speedway races. Yeah. Like I mean, Denny Hamlin. How many times has Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500? Yeah, this is true. And there's also another thing where it's you can even watch from the past 500 where he dove to the back mm-hmm. for the anticipation that he wants to, A, watch what's going on in the front, but B, kind of maintain what he's got going on. To try to avoid the big one. If you want to call it that, sure. But it's also one of these things where the competition does get fierce up front and anything can happen at the very yeah, we'll end of the race. And all it takes is one big push. No, you're right. I mean, that's some what's his name? McDowell? Yeah. That's why he pretty much won this one. I mean, well, uh, no. No. That's he, not how he won. No, he didn't win that no, one. No, he didn't he, win that First one. of all, he was he was up there by circumstance. Yeah. And second of all, he 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 did kind of he won. He, he did do the dirty. By, yeah, he won yeah. by chance. He won by chance, 100%. Yeah. Michael McDowell did not win that race. He no. won because... And that was his only... Uh, that was actually his only career win. Exactly. So what does that say? Yeah, it was literally chance at that point. But a lot of... Well, a lot of people have won that race that it may not have been a big deal. I mean, Trevor Bain won it in 2011. Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Dude, he was a new sensation for the fact that when he first came out. But I mean, um, yeah, I guess, I guess he really didn't really live up to the expectation. No, I don't think so. I mean, he got quite a few years off of that win in the Daytona 500. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he got relegated down. I mean, I don't think he's on, no longer racing. Uh, last time he raced was in a truck series back in, I guess, 2020 last season. Yeah, last year. I mean. But you know what? Good for him. He made several years off of. You can definitely make a career out of truck racing. Well, I think you can make definitely make a career out of winning the Daytona 500 as well. Yeah. You know, I I don't know how much. Um, he made off of talent alone as just like, hey, I won the Daytona 500. I mean, yeah. Michael McDowell could probably do the same thing. Yo, Michael, Michael McDowell. McDowell yeah, he starts shitting the bed tomorrow. He's a little, he's a little further in his career than Trevor Bain was for okay. sure. Well, um, I mean, how many, how many races did Michael McDowell won? <laughs> well, he hasn't. Besides, the <laughs> right? So, uh, what is, what is that guy? Just like a top ten money maker? Um, somebody's paying him to drive for sure. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of time with these drivers, it's. Yeah, you can pay for the cream of the crop and go run up front and assuming you have the equipment for it. And then you have a lot of the guys that are middle back of the pack to the back of the pack that can finish a car or not finish a car, finish a race without destroying a car. And a lot of times that's what's good for the sponsors if they're covering your car. Is that what they're paying for? For the car not to be destroyed. (laughs) I mean, otherwise somebody's paying for it. Otherwise, we're running a limited number. of. Yeah, I mean, what is like 
what is like 16th place through 42? What are they doing? How do they keep their operations going? That's what I'm curious. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm curious I, about. I'm not asking you for an answer. I'm just yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, at, at that point, I would assume that those back markers. I'm only saying this because, and I don't want to drop any names. Uh, but sometimes people will get like they'll get a ride for like maybe like three or four races in the Cup Series. And there's they're literally paying for the positions. Um, and that's all they got. And that's all what the quote unquote sponsors will allow them. And whether or not they finish is something different, but that's so interesting. I mean, so you go out, you drop $80,000, right? And you're going to say, I'm getting four weekends out of this. What the fuck are you going to prove in four weekends? Well, it's not so much what you can prove in four weekends, but you have some driver out there that's seeking for even a single race. I mean, is this just like a bucket list thing? It could potentially be. Um, we don't we don't really know. I mean, it just sucks. That I mean, I, I feel like that's just the nature yeah, you, of the beast. You know, you're going out there with garbage equipment. Yeah, you know, you are. You know, you're going out there and you know, you're going to finish anything South of twentieth, twenty. Uh, I was gonna say thirtieth. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're gonna finish between thirty and forty-two. Yeah, I mean I, I, I mean I, I really don't have an answer for that other than like what, what do those people like? What do those teams survive on? Like where are? I mean, do they just like come up? Drugs. Okay, like <laughs> blow a fuck ton of money on nothing and just. Honestly, it's like a boomerang. They come I, in and then they just at that blow point, a fuck ton of money and leave. At that point, I can only imagine that they're blowing money on just advertisement. It just seems so peculiar. It does seem very peculiar. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer. And it, if anybody out there that has uh, some kind of insight on this, we would love to fucking hear. I'd, it love, it. I'd love to hear it. Like, tell me what goes on in a cup team. That consistently finishes 20th or lower. Yeah. How do they survive? How do they survive? How do they keep their, their operation running? Yeah, how do they keep their operation going? How do they pay their driver? I mean, I won't say how do they pay a driver, but like. I want to know how the finances work. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck does that work? Seriously. How do you pay the transport? How do you keep the cars running? You you bang them up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those guys in like 20th or last, like they're always involved in the big ones. Yeah. Like, how does that, how do you I mean, you even see them, like, on Super Speedways, you get lapped. Yeah, you're getting lapped. You're always, like, a lap down. How does that work? Like, how the fuck do you keep that going? I don't know, man. I don't know either. It's wild shit. Not my time to care. (laughs) No. But we got a whole season ahead of us. That's true. Before I say, let's end it at this, but, like, what are your... Short and sweet, what are your predictions for the rest of the cup season? For the cup season? Yeah. Oof. You got any eye eye openers as far as, like, who's going to win the cup? Or who's going to win the series? Or who's going to do well somewhere and not well elsewhere? Any any, any kind of surprises? What 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 are you thinking? Oh, man. I mean, we're very early in the season. We're very early. So, we can touch back back on this. It's during been the summer, a weird season. It's been a very weird season. It's been a weird, and we season. got a, uh, plenty of additions going on. Man, I can tell you that right now that a Toyota will not win. 
Yeah, I can tell you the same thing. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a Chevy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you right now, it's gonna be a Chevy. At yeah. the end of the season, I know what. As much as I hate to say it, it's gonna be a Chevy. Yeah, it will not be a Toyota. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Denny Hamlin fan. Me too. And I mean, obviously, we're we're both JGR guys, and but that Toyota stuff is dated. It's dated, and unfortunately, um. <sighs> As much as I hate to say it, as for a, as a Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin fan, it's last year was the season. Yeah, that was his. The, <clears throat> that was his time. This year, I mean, to be honest with you, real talk, I'm almost putting. I hate to say it, this is a very premature guess, but I can put twenty dollars that Chase Elliott's going to win the Cup Series. I'm going Ryan Blaney. Really? Yeah. With even how things are going right now. Yeah, I think, I think the Penske, the Penske guys consistently are top five mm-hmm. every fucking weekend, man. I believe that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and they just need to sort it out. And Ryan Blaney's their guy. Yeah. Um. Keselowski. I would go Blaney, Keselowski, then Logano. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that team, that that order. Keselowski consistently is there, and he has been. And yeah. but I think he's past his prime now. No, I disagree with you. you really well, no, so? no, no, no. Maybe I, no. I don't disagree with you. Maybe he passed his prime, but I do disagree with you that his prime matters. Mm. Okay, I can because understand look that. At, look at Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Kevin Harvick has been consistent, period. Kevin Harvick is 43 years old. Yeah. And he's out there fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. Last year, he won just as many races as Denny Hamlin. Yeah. I mean, maybe like one off or like two off, but like he was right there with Denny. Yeah, you're right. I think the Fords are strong. Yeah. I think the Fords are strong. We just haven't seen. Well, let me ask you this. What's the one driver that... Unrealistic, you know, isn't going to do as well, but you want to do well. Oh, it would be Kyle Busch. <laughs> really? What? I, I mean, rephrase Kyle, that. Kyle Busch is always going to do well. No, rephrase that question. What, What's the what, one driver out of all the drivers that, that, that are in the Cup Series right yeah. now that you want to do well, but you know is not going to do well? Yeah, it's Kyle Busch. Really? Yeah, because he doesn't have the car. And he lost Adam Stevens. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, once Adam Stevens left, it, it just it's not been the I, same. I feel like he's still a top ten competitor. He is, but I mean, dude, it's been a year since he's had a win. Damn. You're right on that. Uh to me, I mean, I guess the way I was looking at this question was a little bit more far fetched. But um No, it's KBA team, man. I mean, he is the one guy I root for and I I look I know on this microphone, it, whoever we're reaching, they don't like the fact that I'm saying I love Kyle Busch <laughs> and I love his attitude. Yeah. And I love the way he drives. Yeah. I love, I, I like that he has heart, man. The dude drives with fucking heart. He wants to fucking win every time that car, if that car's got four wheels on the pavement and he's behind the wheel. That motherfucker wants to win. Yeah. And he wants to drive it till the wheels fall off till he wins. And I sense that. And he's pissed when he doesn't fucking win. Mm-hmm. I get it. 
But he's not. He's yeah. Wanting it and making it happen are two very different things. Uh huh. And I get it. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me on that question where I was kind of delving from, but um, the t- there was actually two drivers for me. That's Matt DiBenedetto. I don't know why I've always been a big fan of him, man. I think he's no, just, I love that dude. Yeah, that guy. He's he's ultra he, humble. He he doesn't have the equipment for it. No, but he drives as hard as he fucking can with what he's got. He does, but he'll he'll never be anywhere past type five. No, unfortunately not. No. I mean, I feel like he actually might get a win this year. A win? One win. You think he's going to get a win? I'm, th- I'm thinking he's going to have one win this year. Really? Where is that coming from? It's going to come from a situation that we both know is going <laughs> to suck. I mean. I feel like a, a a probability for a win, one single win, is in his favor for this year. And it's not going to necessarily be by the equipment that he has. Is gonna I be mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, I'll go to 100 to a 20. He ain't getting a win. Well, I do have that feeling. And the only other driver that I can really have this, uh, like, want to win, obviously isn't going to happen, is Daniel Suarez. He's gotten pushed around left and right from fucking manufacturer to manufacturer. And I mean, I love Daniel Suarez. That dude's got a great attitude and a great heart. I would just hope, forget about a win, I would just hope for Daniel Suarez to get a top 20. Yeah, no, this is a hundred percent true. You know, I can only hope that he only does as good as he can do. But of course, like I said, he's getting pushed around from place to place to place, and yeah. he's gonna—he's only ended up in worse, worse rides, honestly. From everywhere well, he's getting pushed from. I, well, the problem is with Daniel Suarez is, you know, Daniel had his window, and he had his window with JGR. Yeah, he did. You know, when he took over Carl Edwards' car. Yeah. He had his window. And for whatever reason, um, it did not pan out. And I and, and honestly, I think Joe Gibbs, the whole the whole outfit wanted him to do well. Yeah. They wanted him to do well. You know, but for whatever reason it didn't pan out. Yeah, it just didn't. It did. I mean, it's it's an aggressive sport. It's a turn and burn environment, whichever way you look at it. Well, the issue is, is it's, you know, it, it boils down to: Are you making me money? It's a turn and burn environment, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Busch is making him money. They he he's a top ten. He's yeah. controversial. He gets media attention. Yeah, media attention brings sponsors. Yeah, he's got that going for him. So he's always in the spotlight. Yeah, he's. He's driving like shit, like total trash. Mm-hmm. The dude has not. I think he's got like two top fives. He's got a couple. He's got several top tens. But he's. He's a two time champion, so he's going to get attention. Yeah. And sponsors love attention. Mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin. God damn it. How many fucking Daytona 500s is that guy won? <laughs> Not one single goddamn championship, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, how much right. longer do I have to struggle for? Yeah, I know, I know. It burns me up too. Oh my freaking how god! How many races has that guy won? How many laps led does that guy have? It, dude, his laps led is something retarded. Yeah, 
His laps led is on something. On paper, he's one of the best rookies that ever fucking came into the sport. Dude, his laps led. His laps uh, led. Don't even get me started on fucking Denny, dude. Dude, Denny's laps led is something silly. Yeah. But you know what? You know what that means? That means that FedEx is in the fucking camera. Yeah. You're 100% right. And FedEx is going to pay. Yeah. Yeah. And they ain't going to pay next day delivery either. No, they're not. They're going to pay same day. You know what they're going to do? They're going to pay Denny to keep fucking leading laps. <laughs> yeah. Right. But then you look, you work back, right? So you've got JGR. You've got Kyle Busch with, with you know, a pedigree. Yeah. You know, somebody they're always going to focus on. He's controversial. He he always gives fucked up interviews, so like people hate on him. <laughs> I'm only here so they don't find me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he always does shit like that. So like he's just one of those people you love to hate. Yeah. And he's good. A two time NASCAR champion. He's gonna get camera. Yes. Yeah. So J so Joe Gibbs, so you're Joe Gibbs. You're like, okay. Okay, Denny Hamlin. Mm-hmm. The motherfucker just wins Daytona 500s. <laughs> I put him out there. He just wins them. That, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah he just wins that, them. That's he, his thing. He it's puts stick. FedEx all over the fucking place. Yeah. And he not only does that, but he just goes out there and also wins regular season races. Mm-hmm. He just does that. And then I got Kyle Busch over here, who's controversial as fuck, who pisses everybody off. Everybody hates him. But the camera pays a lot of attention to him because he's hated. And he's also a two-time NASCAR champion. Yeah. So they're always going to pay attention to him. Yep. The camera will be on him. So you got these two guys. You're not getting rid of them. Yeah, Coach Gibbs just has it made, man. They got a solid lineup. Yeah. And the Chevys. The Chevys got the modern front end. The Toyotas are outdated. That's the problem. Yeah. Anyways, well, I'm going to get a little tired out. Yeah, I think I'm going to hit some pizza, <laughs> some cheesesteak fries. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, if you still soaked into this for the NASCAR portion of it, then Jesus fuck, congratulations to you. Absolutely. Um, have a good night. I guess.